was better. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Book Was Better podcast. I am Kaylee Clark. I'm Taylor Colette. And today is an exciting day as we are covering the final two episodes of the Percy Jackson series on Disney Plus. So we're finally there. <laughs> a lot happens. There's 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 a lot to cover in these last couple yeah. episodes. Both good and bad. Both good. And, I mean, overall, as a whole, I did really enjoy the show. Yeah. Excited to watch it again without feeling a need to be as analytical. <laughs> yes. And really just I, enjoy it. So. I think like a month from now, I need to go back and watch all the episodes back to back because I haven't been able to do that because mm-hmm. I've been stopping myself between these episodes that we're recording. Yeah. Bef- so I want to watch... I want to watch them all back to back and just watch them by themselves and not like, you know, have like a month or two to forget the nitty gritty details of the book a little bit so I can just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) We shall get there. But today is not this day. So no, we um, have a lot to talk about. So should we... Dive in. Any announcements or things you want to talk about first? I don't think so. I think all of our announcements are more for like the end of this episode. So if you make it to the end, then you'll hear them. (laughs) Or you can jump to the end if you want. Yeah. (laughs) We can't stop you. You're one of those weird people who read the last few pages of a book before they start the book. Do you know people like that? People apparently do that and it just drives, it's crazy to me. (laughs) Or just the last line. I know people who read just the last line of the book and then they start it. It's crazy. Weird. Yeah, that's crazy. I tried it once. I was like, oh yeah, I know people do this. I tried it and I hated it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can't do it. So, and if you're one of those kinds of people, I mean, I guess good for you, but no, thank you. I don't want spoilers until I'm ready. So last off, we left our heroes. Um, They had, they were um, at Santa Monica Pier and Percy had just come back out of the water and um, had the pearls, had talked to, to the Nereid. And they were ready to go find the entrance to the underworld. There's some slight differences here, but basically, right, they run into Krusty at the mattress store. They get into the underworld, come across Charon and Cerberus and, you know, pass through the fields of Asphodel. Almost get pulled into the pit of Tartarus, encounter Hades, discover that for real skis, like confirmed Percy's mom is not dead. Um, but learn of the twist that Hades' Helm of Darkness was also stolen along with the bolt. And he thinks that Percy stole the helm too. So Percy has to make a decision to leave his mom behind so that, but it's fine because he's like, I'll go find the helm. And when I return it, you got to give me back my mom. They discover that really the god who had turned was Ares, the god of war. Pretty fun little battle there between Percy and Ares where he does get back the helm. So now he has possession of the helm and the lightning bolt, the master bolt, not just any lightning bolt, and the lightning bolt. 
before uh, giving the sending the helm back to Hades with the Furies, and then moving on to take the Master Bolt back to Zeus. In doing so, he does meet his dad finally. We uh, get to see that interaction. He tries to give a warning about Kronos. Uh, Zeus isn't really for it in this moment in time. Um, it's giving Harry Potter and not wanting to believe Voldemort's return. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so a little bit of that happening. He returns to camp, a hero. Everyone loves him. Yay, everything's great. No, not everything's great because Luke betrays him and every bit of the prophecy does come true. Um, but he survives and everyone survives. And then Grover gets his searcher's license and he leaves in search of Pan. Annabeth decides to finally try a, a school year back home with her dad again. And Percy also returns to live with his mom and no smelly Gabe. So there's the the kind of finale there. The final bits of the book in the show, um, obviously, with some very different interpretations, which we're going to get into. Um, a couple things to discuss, I guess. So... Again, the cast and music, like who's, who did the casting, who did the music has been the same the entire thing. The few differences we have is episode seven was directed by Anders Engstrom. He had also, he had directed episodes three and four. So he did three and four. Then Jet Wilkinson did five and six. Back to Anders for episode seven. Then back to Jet for episode eight. Which is and then interesting that's kind of because... It. I think five and six are the ones I have the most qualms with and eight is one that I enjoyed the most. And so it's ironic that those are the same director. Yeah. And so I both That's love and hate his work. <laughs> like it's like, yeah, it's like, wait, it's what? Um, very we decisive. also have some new, some new writers join the lineup here. I mean, we still have Daphne Olive, who is a staff writer and no, I still have not Googled what that means. <laughs> Um, I will eventually, maybe by the time we do our recap episode. Um, but then we add, uh, Andrew Miller as one of the screenplay writers for episode seven. And for episode eight, we add Craig Silverstein along with, again, Jonathan E. Steinberg, Rick Riordan and Daphne Olive are kind of across the board on all of them. Then those are some new names that have been thrown in just for these specific episodes. So... Interesting takes, interesting directions that they go. We can dive into it now. Do you remember who went first last time? <laughs> no. Pain of my existence. No. Every single time. This happens every I'm time. I remember. I what think were you went first. Last time. Remind me what our three were, and then maybe I'll remember. If I talked about mine last or first, yeah. Well, I know we had the Vegas and the, like the Lotus Casino. And the Waterland Trap. Was, yeah. I think we finished with talking about the Lotus Casino. So I think I went first and you went I second. I think so. That sounds right. So then you will go first this time. Yeah. Here we are. Here we go. it out. Yes. All right. There's a lot to talk about in these episodes, both good and bad, as I said. But uh, my number three isn't necessarily a grievance because I am not mad about it. 
but it is definitely a difference uh, in episode seven is Hades is a totally different personality, like yes. totally different character. <laughs> and he's so funny. I love the actor that they got. I think that he does a really good job. He kind of has that like rocker, like older rocker vibe. Which he's very I think, sarcastic, which I'm not opposed to either. And I will say in the future books, both in the Percy Jackson, the Olympian series and in like the Heroes of Olympus series. And like when you do see Hades, I will say mm -hmm. I feel like this is more the vibe that Rick gave him later on. So I understand with Rick going back being like, kind of retroactively being like, let's give him this personality from the get go. Because uh, as you know, we've mentioned, Rick is definitely making some changes here that I mean, without the flaming blue hair, I do think it gave much more like Hades Hercules. from Disney's Hercules kind of vibes, <laughs> yeah. where he's just kind of like sarcastic and pretty chill until you get him mad. And then he's like mad. But then he's like kind of a, just a, a chill, sarcastic, confident guy again. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I got that from him, which I'm all for. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has some great lines mm -hmm. and it's like definitely downplayed drama wise, which is kind of opposite of what we normally complain about. <laughs> normally, it's like, a little refreshing, honestly. <laughs> yeah, because in the book, it's like he's like 10 feet tall wearing a like this ebony crown and these robes and he's like very intense and the robes have the moving faces of the tormented yeah. and the damned like <laughs> like pretty intense and pretty like stereotypical hades i would say mm -hmm. um for most uh like myths and stuff and instead he like walks up to them and it's just like hey guys welcome Come, let me show you to your mom. <laughs> yeah. And a little bit just like, um, actually, you know, it, it was just very, he, he reminded me of a character that now has slipped my mind and I can't remember, mm. but where it's, yeah, it's like you, even if, even if he's mean, everybody wants to be his friend, right? Like he's just like effortless, <laughs> effortlessly cool. And it's like, you just like him no matter what. Like, even when he says mean things to you, you're like, man, that guy's cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he's just like a cool dude. Like, it sounds mm -hmm. silly to say, but he really is just like a cool dude. And yeah, with his guy. Liner. It's yeah, yes. And obviously with the difference in like how much Percy and Grover know going into the conversation, obviously the their interaction with him is different because they're a lot more in the know and it's like a much more civilized conversation almost um, compared to the book where it definitely feels like big, scary God talking to tiny little child. Like mm -hmm. it's a bit more like when well, you get that internal monologue in the book from Percy also. So you get yeah. how similar to how hate Aries affects Percy's mood and feeling like, Hades is also affecting his mood and his feelings. And so he feels a little 
lost and a little... Um, like he should curl up in a ball and sleep forever. Yeah, and he just wants to sleep forever. Yep. And I was just like, you know what? Me too, Percy. I also frequently want to curl up in a I've ball been there. and sleep forever. So, I've been like, there. Yeah, hashtag depression. Um, okay. <laughs> I was going to say hashtag sleep deprivation, but... <laughs> yeah. Depression too. They're, uh, they go hand in hand for yes. me at least. Um... And then I did think it was interesting with Hades offering them sanctuary after they talk about Kronos. Like, it was just, yeah, again, totally different vibe with Hades being like, I'll help you out. And like, no, like, I'm, I'm going to kill you. Like, that never seems to really come across. Well, and I think it makes sense because, yeah, to your point that you kind of mentioned earlier, that if you get on further into the book series... Hades is the most level-headed of yeah. all the gods. And of the big three, he's the only one who hasn't actually broken the oath. You know, like... Technically. He has technically self-control. He has <laughs> yeah, like he has self-control and he's the most level-headed. Like, Hades in the show, I think, makes more sense. Like, his reaction makes a little bit more sense where he's more he open to reason. And yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then um, the only other thing I'll say is, ah, uh, dang it, it just left my brain. Hold on, give me a second. I'm reading through my notes. Um, I'm like, it's on the tip of your tongue. It, it really is. Dang it, this is driving me nuts. I'm trying to rewatch the scene in my head. <laughs> nope, it's gone. Anyways. If it comes back, we can talk about it then. <laughs> but yeah, just to, to sum up my point, essentially, it's just like, yeah, Hades, they definitely changed it. I'm not mad about it. And I think that he's really fun and well acted and well written and all of that. Uh, but it definitely is different than the book. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. So I'll wrap it up with that. All right. Well, sticking to Underworld stuff um my number three is a grievance not so much an anti-grievance um i do have some anti-grievances coming don't you this this is a turn where i actually like some more of the changes that they did this time around but this is not one of them um i was bummed with how they entered the underworld they added some stuff that i felt took up unnecessary screen time that I felt would have been better served towards sticking to some of the classics. Um, I was really sad that they removed DOA records. And mm -hmm. I understand that including all of that on top of running into Procrustus would have been very time consuming. But to me, of the two things, I was like, okay, then cut out meeting Procrustus. Like that's that is literally the same <laughs> thought I had. I was like, I'm if like, it's crusty or Charon, like I think Charon's just and as funny in the book. Yeah, and he with his Italian suits and the oh, I need a raise and like all this. And it's yeah, you still meet him in the show, but it's he's totally different. It's it's totally it's you don't merge from modern to like classic skeleton Charon in his cloak. You yeah. don't get kind of the the humor and the little and the sarcastic attitude there. You don't meet all the souls waiting in the waiting room 
and, you know, get the like, well, when will they get to cross over? And he's like, well, when I feel like it, like, oh, like, well, that doesn't seem fair, you know, like. Well, and they like have them go through the crowd of people waiting in line. And then Which, and then Percy like being like, in line. Yeah, you, we don't wait in line in New York. I'm like, I'm like, okay, yes, you do. Percy, maybe you do wait in line in New York. So you wait in lots of lines. Like, well, also, like, but, Sally would have raised him better. <laughs> yeah. So, but, so, like, you still got some imagery, I guess, with just, like, the sheer number of souls. Yeah. And everything. Oh, but, that's, um, sorry. Speaking of the number of souls, that was the thing I was going to mention with the Hades thing. Was uh, his reasoning was different as well in, like, why he didn't want the war. Like, in the Mm -hmm. show, they just kind of went, like, he's like, look, it's all sunshine and rainbows down here. Like, I'm chill. I'm good. I don't, I don't want to, like, I don't want anything to do with this. In the book, Hades, like, goes on this thing about how he's like, we're overrun with souls. We're, like, understaffed. I'm running out of money. Don't get me started on Charon and his expensive suits. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, he goes on this rant about how it's like, I don't want to war because I'm already overrun. I don't need any more dead people. And I thought that was interesting how they didn't mention any of that. Yeah. I think part of it was probably had to save on time, but also to alter his personality and motivation a little bit. I wasn't super mad about it necessarily with that, but... Here I was, I just think the imagery of like the waiting room being crammed there and then getting in the elevator and then the elevator turns into the barge. Like really the biggest thing I was mad about. Yeah. Like I get maybe the CGI and doing that would have been difficult. Okay, fine. Still get, do something so that you could include them crossing the river sticks on Mm. the boat. You have to cross the river sticks to get into the underworld. Like that is the... A typical, like, classic piece of any mythology story of a mortal entering the underworld is that they have to cross the river Styx. Well, and what's they so don't interesting do it. of that, too, it's is there. I've seen people justifying some of the changes, being like, they're making it more true to the myth, or, you know, they're trying to do this. And then in this case, they, like, just totally threw that out the window. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm. No, and I get, again, with CGI, okay, turning an elevator into, into a, a boat and making all of the people shift and Charon shift all the same. Like, I get that's a lot of work for Is it special though? effects. Is it, though? Add some Probably, fog. Probably. I don't do that kind of stuff. Fog I don't comes know. in. <laughs> fog goes away. Oh, it's different. Like, I don't think okay. it would have been that hard. And fade to black. No. <laughs> I'm just saying... But, it's it, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I know I'm being critical because that part also really bugged me. So, yeah, I was bummed that they didn't actually cross the river sticks. And instead, they kind of briefly interact with Charon. Charon doesn't help them. Mm-mm. Yes, Charon helps. He's notorious for being able to be bribed. That's you bribe yeah. him and he's fine. Like that's what he and does. And they like so. give him this money. They like offer him money. He just calls the dog and is like, whatever. And I'm like, no, he would have been the other all about thing that money. Is Cerberus doesn't chase them for forever. Annabeth does. I'm glad that they kept the ball thing in, but they didn't yeah. 
keep the energy. And again, it made me sad. And I feel like it not only impacted the like overall feeling of the story, but it again was at the detriment of Annabeth's character. Yeah. It's like Annabeth makes an actual like in the book while brief, she makes like an emotional connection with this dog. And Cerberus is sad that she leaves and starts to whine. Annabeth tears up when talking about mm -hmm. her like childhood dog and stuff. And you like get to see that emotion from her. Which I feel like you don't get to see a a more sensitive side of Annabeth a lot. And so it's like that moment is really pivotal. It brings it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's brief. It's not super long. Oh, yeah. she, She does distract Cerberus with the ball and like giving him commands. And he listens while Percy and Grover kind of sneak through to continue up the line. I felt the the way the ball and yeah, it was the way that they dealt with it in the show was almost like, especially as a dog owner was almost like so sad because the way that she throws the ball in the river and it flows down and he's just trying to get the ball. And I was like, poor guy just wants the ball. (laughs) Yeah, but then it's like, well, and then he returns and he just chases them for miles. Yeah, but then he's back again. Cerberus doesn't chase them because his job is to guard the entrance there. And he still has to keep guarding that. Like, oh, no, a couple made it through. There's still a bunch of spirits and things. Ghoul ghoul cops, essentially. Like they have ghoul guards. Ghoul guards. (laughs) (laughs) They have those. So I guess they just I feel like it would have been easier to do those than a Giant three-headed dog Giant again. Rottweiler. I yeah. do. The, the look of Cerberus was perfect. Oh, it was. It was a giant that. three-headed Rottweiler. Yeah. That was nailed. But. Yeah. Um, and they, they, like, kept some of the fun with, again, the ball game. But they just, they changed it. And, like, a lot of things in the show made it more serious than I think it needed to be. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, Percy Jackson, this as a series, is to me, such a good one because it weaves comedy and serious and grief and happiness. And right, like it, it's such a good blend of a lot of different emotions kind of happening one after another because it's a complicated life for a 12 year old to live. <laughs> yeah, but it's still there and it still makes you laugh despite you know, the hardship that they're facing or they almost just died two pages ago and now this happens and they're laughing and goofing off again because, like, they're still kids. And again, I just, I really missed that in the show. You still get bits and pieces of it. There are still some funny one-liners and... Oh, one of my favorite, and I I made note of it, one of my favorite lines, and I think my favorite line from Annabeth is when they're at Krusty's and he calls out from the other room when they're about to go in the underworld like no one comes back and she's like dude don't make me come back in there like yeah I was like there she is that's Annabeth I was like okay it literally like gave me hope that I was like okay maybe season two will get more of that because Mm -hmm. in that moment I was like there she is she's not being overly serious she's got a little bit of spunk to her like Oh, I loved that part. Yeah. And and so like you and you so you yeah, you still get bits and scenes and stuff like that. But yeah, just how they enter, I was just disappointed. So. Mm. Well, speaking of the underworld, uh, my number two is about architecture and scenery, I guess. 
So specifically with the Underworld and then with Olympus, because those are two huge locations that we will be returning to at multiple times throughout the series. So it's a really big deal. Obviously, they can make tweaks to it in the future, but I feel like this is kind of the the big moment. It was the big reveal. And I was just kind of disappointed in both. The one mm -hmm. thing that I thought was dope, and I literally, that was my word that I wrote in my notes, this is dope, was Hades Palace, like, hanging from the sky. That, that was, was dope. Big fan of that. Because the books do describe, like, a lot of stalactites yeah. hanging from the ceiling, hanging from, like, the roof and the ceiling of the underworld. And so yeah. I feel like that did really bring in that vibe of like, whoa, Hades entire palace is just like a giant stalactite. <laughs> yeah. So I thought cool. that was great. But other than that, like they talk in the book about it having like a greenish hue, like almost a green mist throughout. And it just felt very like cold and dead, which I'd say underworld I get, but it was just like flat almost. Yeah, the there was not a lot of dimension. Mm. Which is, it was just gray sand to gray wanted to gray trees. Dead. Which also, it's not supposed yeah. to be a forest. It's the fields of Asphodel. It's not the I forest. Hated the, I hated the look of the fields of Asphodel. I hated that entire scene. I, I didn't like I, any of I that didn't, part. I didn't like that. And I... Because well, that's not what the fields of Asphodel is anyway when they're like yeah oh yeah they're rooted here by regrets it's Being like regrets and they the turn into trees is just where the majority of people are stuck and they're just wandering they're not like yeah. rooted in regret as part of this weird yeah, yeah. forest that was like. that was an interesting decision i know that obviously there's different um interpretations and there's different accounts of the fields depending on which i guess so but it's still a field story you're reading <laughs> But it is interesting Fields. that he changed it. That was an mm -hmm. interesting change, in my opinion. And then Annabeth gets stuck and, there yeah, and returns at that point. I don't understand. I, I, don't, I don't get that. I don't get it. Yeah. And then they get to this desert, and that's where Tartarus is? What? Tartarus, in yeah. the book, is through this side cave and you have to go through this like dark and it's like in this cavern and it's like that's mm -hmm. the imagery that i had like this cold dark wet cavern with this big pit and it's like and creepy. if any scene in this show should have been so dark that it was difficult to see what was yes, going on it should have been this the scene one. it should have been <laughs> and this was one of the most well-lit scenes like did they yeah. not want it to be too creepy oh for kids like I Maybe. Feel like, I mean, it is a kid show. <laughs> and so they do Maybe. that. They have it be the sand pit, essentially, like Star Wars style. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, are we on Tatooine? Okay. <laughs> and then they get to Hades Palace. And Hades Palace, the main issue I had was you don't see Persephone's garden. And that's like yeah, such was, a pivotal that. part. I was like, you could have, you didn't even need to address it. Like, they didn't even need to, to say the lines about it, but even just to, like, see it and, like, well, have all its cool plants and the pomegranate trees. is like, can I get you something to eat? Like, can I get you a refreshment? Blah, blah, blah. Like, 
it would have made perfect sense to me and been such a cool reference if he like said that as they were walking through her garden and like something gestured to the pomegranate tree or something, yes. you know, like that would have yes. just been so cool imagery wise and every, yeah, nope, I'm with you. And it would have added some much needed color to yeah, the otherwise so very flat. dark and dreary underworld. And then speaking of flat, we finally get to Olympus. The grand city of the gods based on ancient Greece. And it is so boring and so plain and so lackluster. And I hated it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I barely even. And, and this is probably a bad like a, a, a testament to how lackluster how it, was. it was. You don't remember? I don't really remember what it looked like. In the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Other than like, yeah. yeah, there was like a mountainy hill looking thing. And then, yeah, like a classic Greek temple thing at the top of the. I remember when they did something. that first shot when Percy got there, they did that shot. And I went, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, this no. is wrong. <laughs> this is all wrong. Like, it's almost too many buildings, which I know is kind of crazy to say. Sorry, I just hit my microphone. Like, it's. It's too crowded. Like the way it's described in the book is like the mountaintop is like mm -hmm. there, just sticking out of the clouds. And it's like he walks through these steps in clouds. And then it's a city wrapping around the top of the mountain as you like walk up the spiral. And it's similar to like an ancient Greek city, like marketplace and like people around and i know in this one there's naiads and nymphs and so maybe yeah. everyone's hiding because they're at war and it just kind um, of felt like a cop out a little bit which again budget i get it whatever they just didn't want to pay for extras the underworld took just, a lot <laughs> but it just was well also in the underworld they didn't have any of the dead soldiers guarding hades palace so we didn't get any of that either yeah. which was fine but it's like you didn't get this. The way that he describes it in the book is an ancient Greek city modernized, like an ancient Greek city, but not decayed at all, like totally full of life. And it's as if it was brand magic. New. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you don't get that at all in the show. And then he gets to the throne room and it's just more boring, cold stone and there's no there's like you don't a little get the bit of fun thrones no. all around either yeah and there's like a little bit of gold flecks here and there but it's supposed to be like gilded and they talk about how the ceiling is like a, a bunch of constellations moving constellations and it's it just felt like it should be more lavish especially because zeus is known for being you know a little bit bougie mm -hmm. oh, a little over so, the top <laughs> a little bougie I, it was just it was very lackluster and I was very disappointed because it's kind of, again, a huge deal. It's Olympus. And it was just I maybe again, maybe it's because they were at war. So maybe when they show it again, it'll be livelier and that'll bring more color into it. But it just maybe. felt very like blue and muted and cold. So it didn't feel opposite of the underworld, which is kind of how it's supposed to feel. Yeah, I, I do. I did miss a little bit of that. Like they're mirrored opposites yeah. of each other. Or it's like 
Hades is banished most of the time. He really is only allowed on Olympus during the winter solstice. So because he can never come home to this palace, he made his own that looks and feels very similar, but it's all black and bronze instead of white and silver. Like, And yeah. it's so like, especially with the way that they had Hades Palace being upside down, like they literally could have done like a more mirrored. A really cool vibe, like yeah. really emphasizing that. And I just. I feel like it was a missed opportunity and I don't know who designed it. And it's not that it doesn't look cool. Like it's very grand, but it just was missing the lifeblood of it almost. So, yeah, that's my number two as a history architecture buff and a lover of studying ancient Greek culture. It was just a letdown on that front. Cool. My turn again? <laughs> yep, your turn again. My rant okay. is over, and I haven't even gotten to my number one. <laughs> I know. It's fine. We still have lots of honorable mentions also. I've like I been reviewing my notes, and I'm just like, uh, how many of these things do I actually want to mention? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My number two is a major difference that I think might be controversial to some. But I'm going to talk about the flashback scene with oh, Sally okay, and yeah. Poseidon. Yep. Because I'm a bit torn. Because on the one hand, I really liked it. I really liked the dynamic. I thought it was kind of cool to see Sally as a human, but like recognize the customs and like clearly it showed that like, I feel like, okay, she and Poseidon must have spent a decent amount of time together for her to understand any customs, right? Like, he did what he could to try and prepare her for having a demigod son kind of thing. Um, when she does, like, the little burnt offering of food and then, like, oh, it starts raining and there he is. Like, um, like he heard her prayer. I did. I do think, just real quick, with when it started to rain and then he came in, I was like, oh, okay, that's why she was sitting in the rain at the beginning. <laughs> It's yeah, like, no, like, yeah, like be, water, like natural water sources and storms and things clearly make her feel closer to Poseidon. And like, yeah, I, I think that's awesome. And I think that's a really cool theme that they kind of brought through. But I don't like it in the terms of story. It doesn't make sense to me, especially when you look at how the how Sally's story progresses in the books and mm -hmm. her strength there and clearly like she marries Gabe at some point and eventually falls in love with an actual good guy and you know marries a good guy if she's continued to have all these interactions with Poseidon whenever right because it it insinuates that moment insinuates that that's not the first time she's she's done that She's yeah. not surprised when he shows up. She's not right. Like it's, it's like, uh, this must have happened. This must happen at some sort of regularity. Okay, cool. Like, like again, really cool scene to see, but I, I just, I don't think it makes sense in the rules. The gods themselves set, right. First of all, and we learn mm -hmm. that like, oh, the gods are bound by these rules really bound by them like they really can't break them and i feel like that's bending some very strict rules there 
as well as just impeding on Sally's growth and Sally's story. And you, you take it from anybody. If you regularly see the ex that you were in love with that you couldn't stay with, you're never getting over that ex. Like, how is she supposed to continue to do these things? Like, no, I mean, no. I can imagine she's not getting over Poseidon if she's still seeing him all the time. Like, come on. <laughs> well, all the time is a, you know, we don't know how often it's happening. I, but I often do think enough, of it as. Again, she's not surprised when he heeds her call. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I do also think of it as like a co-parenting thing. You know, like, I don't know how in love with him she still is and like long term it like I think she probably I feel like Sally's a very smart person very capable oh, yeah definitely I feel like at some point she would have been like hey like I need to for me I need to move on like I need to and so we don't know fully it's hard like if we got such a small snippet of it and it does mm -hmm. have a lot of big implications that I don't think mm -hmm. we're ever going to really get closure on. No. So. Again, f fun scene that I think was done very well. Like, I think it was shot well and written well. And oh, my and qualms acted from, so well. Oh, acted so well. Like, I love who they ca again. I like I only have praises for who they cast as Sally. And for who they cast as Poseidon. I like a lot of the changes they did make to Sally's character and or relationship with a lot of the other characters in the show. Right. Like in the book, her relationship with Gabe is just like so bizarre and like so hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, yeah. She's less of a pushover in the show. That makes more sense to me. She seems more strong and independent in these different things. I, I don't know. I guess I just... It, it was it's hard for me to conceptually grasp that being like a, a common and maybe not so common, but still like a repeatable occurrence that when things are hard or things are difficult, that she's just like called Poseidon and he's shown up like mm. I feel like that would be difficult to justify <laughs> especially because he hasn't claimed this kid and he's not supposed to have this kid and like you're not supposed to get in interfere with the affairs of mortals anymore big three guys like yeah yeah i I, um, I will say like it's in just the, weird in the book percy does mention you know that warmth and like remembering and like when he mm -hmm. first talks to his dad he's again like reminded of his warmth so i feel like even in the book it's implied that Poseidon did at some point, probably when Percy was younger, like baby. like a baby, yeah, he did at some point see him. Mm -hmm. So it's just a little different timeline wise, but I do think that it's not a huge change on whether Poseidon was involved or not. But it's, the other, it's hard. Again, cool scene. Yeah, overall, very cool scene. Is it a very big deal? No. Is it a big difference? Yes. The yeah. other issue I have with it, I guess, is even though Percy doesn't meet him at that time, I feel like it 
kind of lessens the impact of when Percy finally meets Poseidon and Poseidon finally shows up in Percy's actual timeline because we've already met him and we've already seen him in a different context. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like mm. it lessened the impact of like the big moment when Percy meets his dad because we've already met his dad. It's not, we're not anticipating it as much. The we know what he looks like. Show, we know who he is. The show obviously has this big thing throughout it where it's like Percy coming into himself and like finding himself and finding confidence in who he is. That definitely seems to be mm -hmm. a message that the show was trying to do. And so with that in mind, I did think that having the Poseidon voiceover of Percy, like as he's about to fight Ares, I did like that. Where it's like someday, like when he knows who he is, when he's like stronger, like blah, blah, yeah. blah, then I'll meet him. Like, I thought that was kind of cool. So I think there were pros and cons to it. Yeah, well, and I liked, like, the exposition that they added there from Sally where she's like, I want, where, yeah, she says, like, I want him to know who he is before you you and your family, like, tell him who he should be kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I, good message. It's strong. Like, I get where she's coming from, like, as a mom even, right? Even without yeah. having yeah. magical children. <laughs> right? Like... You just want to protect your kids and you want to guard them from the bad things and you want them to just have that confidence in themselves and that assurity in themselves before they're ever exposed to the things in the world that will make them question it. But yeah, so, so, so yeah, all that is to say I'm I'm torn on that scene um, and that change because I like it for some reasons and I don't like it for other reasons. And so it's not. A f it's not fully a grievance. It's not fully an anti-grievance. It's just, it was definitely a big difference that has pros and cons in my book. <laughs> so that's my number two. Fair enough. All right. Honorable mentions. I'll try to keep it brief. <laughs> There's so many. I'll say a positive thing. I mm -hmm. did notice when I was actually looking back at all of the episode titles the episode titles are all taken directly from chapter titles in the book. And I did like that. I thought that was kind of you fun. Didn't, you didn't notice that before? I didn't catch it before. I didn't really pay that much attention to what the, oh, what the okay. episodes are called. Okay. They <laughs> released, before the show even came out, they released the episode titles. And I was like, those are all chapter titles. Ha ha ha. Yep. So that's fun. Glad they did that. Um, something that I thought was kind of odd was they give them four pearls. Grover then loses a pearl, so they end up with three pearls. Just why not just give them exactly three. like what? Why are you overcomplicating? And then you have Annabeth disappear early. Like it just doesn't make. I just don't understand the that that why was change odd. It? Why change it? Why change it? Yeah. Why does Grover get eaten by Cerberus? Yeah, like what's the whole yeah, point just of that to entirely? Lose Actually, the pearl? like. It I, just seems, it, it no. seems silly. Um, oh, I didn't even mention when talking about the structure of the underworld. I, they don't have like the airport security, like terminal Again, kind of vibe. Again, they took out some of the fun, the fun, the fun stuff. Modernized. Like some of the kind of funny. Mm -hmm. And then you don't get to see the, what is it? The land of punishment or Elysium. Yeah. 
And I don't or know if that's just because like, is that just because they didn't want to design those yet and they want to save it for later? Because I know they come back or to them. Time. Time. They could have just glanced. It's like seconds. Anyways, so that was another thing. Um, yeah, mean, it was the, interesting the that they, they designed the master bolt and the helm. They both looked great. Like those designs. Yeah, they looked, looked awesome. really cool. The bolt especially I thought was really cool. But they never um, show Poseidon with his trident. I'm like, you might as well mm. show the all of the, ma- the, all big the three. magical <laughs> items. Like, come on. Like <laughs> uh, something that I did not like was when they were at Tartarus. One, they find the bolt right away, which I get like maybe his backpack the, does get heavier get heavy. in that moment. Mm-hmm. That's when it does appear. Yeah. But also they're just sitting there next to the pit of Tartarus and they're like, oh, look, I, I got the master bolt. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's talk Fine, it they're out. They're stupid well, we're suddenly because Annabeth isn't with them. And in the book, they have to book it out of there because the pit tries to suck them back suck in. Suck them back in. Yeah. It's, like, so intense, and they hear, like, the whispering, like, magic, and, like, all of this stuff, and then they just, in the show, they're just chilling there, and Kronos isn't trying to do anything to get the bolt, which is feet from him. It That yeah. bugged me, because that didn't make any sense. No, that was weird. They could have run away and then had that same conversation. I just was like, just move. Just move. Well, but they also don't even really make any connection. Like, in the book... Again, in, in the, the show likes to make them stupider for some reason than they and are. And smarter otherwise. in some areas and stupider in other areas. So, but in the book, it's like immediately he recognizes this pit as the pit from his dreams. Granted, in the show, they changed his there dreams. There is no so pit I guess in the dreams. Maybe. But it's like he and Annabeth, because Annabeth is with them and he's told them about his dreams. Annabeth immediately also recognizes it as the pit from his dreams. And he's like, and so they both at this point are already drawing connections between like Tartarus, Kronos, probably like they're already making connections. And yet in the show, it still takes a little bit more for them to finally get there. (laughs) And then they, yeah. And then they go to Hades and suddenly they like know everything. It's like so it's like in the book, there's no they're still like up. trying to like, I think this is probably I almost hate to say it because it's like, oh, that mm-hmm. would be so intense. But no, Percy's just like, it was Kronos. Kronos is coming back. And then he finally knows and like it, it just connects. And it's like where you, you slowly draw the conclusions as you gain the clues and the knowledge. Why is that not happening? It was like, again, I talked about in last episodes, there was no doubt and they were very sure. And then all of a sudden they were like, Oh wait, I was wrong. Okay. Well now I'm very sure about this. (laughs) Like it was so dramatic of a flip. Well, I will talk about another positive thing. I'm glad that they still included Annabeth, like giving Percy her necklace for good luck. They just mm-hmm. changed where they moved when in the story yeah. she does it. Yeah. Instead of doing it before his battle with Ares, it's when they split up and he goes to Olympus and they go back to camp. But, like, but it I'm was so very glad, cute like, that they included it. Yeah. Um, talked about how I think Zeus and Poseidon were both cast really well. 
They, oh yeah, Zeus and Poseidon were great. Um, I thought that I really liked the reunion with his mom. I thought that it was really cute. I didn't like that it morphed into the weird dream because then I was like, right? wait, is that the actual reunion? What was the yeah, actual reunion? If that was a dream. Then, yeah. But that was like, hilarious. I thought that was a little odd. He wakes up and she's like, bad dreams again. And he's like, grandpa. Grandpa. She's like, oh, don't call him that. <laughs> so I will like, say, there's hey, that classic Percy. Like <laughs> From the beginning, I knew that it was trying. They were trying to make it Kronos. I hate the way that they show him and I hate his voice. I'm like, that is not Kronos. That sounds like a cratchety old man. No, yeah. And that's not how I pictured him. Dementor lantern yep. thing. I don't und- it's a kid sh- it's a kid show. It's for kids. I know. I have Can't to be remind super myself. creepy. It's for kids. Like <laughs> But I didn't I didn't love that. Um and then Obviously, dealing with Gabe, they had to do that a little differently because he didn't. Well, Gabe wasn't near as bad in the show yeah, as he was in the book. Sally wasn't going to murder him. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I liked how they turned it into him basically like coming it across himself. it and turning himself to stone. Yeah, where it's like he yeah. brought it on himself by being kind of a jerk, right? But in the book, it's like implied at the very end that he's like f- not just verbally, but physically abusive to Sally. Yeah. Which I was again, I was like. What? Like, you, yeah, I just it didn't it didn't connect. I, I wasn't mad about that change. That change I was fine. No. with. I was like, yeah, because, again, it made it more realistic to me on why Sally would stay with a crappy guy to keep her son safe. But like, yeah, Sally would stay with a crappy guy, but not a dangerous guy like that no yeah pushed it to too far of an extreme and i think rick realized that and was like Mm -hmm. we need to tone him back just a little bit (laughs) i have just two more points on my honorable mentions and then everything else i think will be Mm -hmm. covered in our number ones uh a good thing and a bad thing good i loved the trio hug scene when they're Mm -hmm. like a year from now we're gonna meet here and they hug i was like oh Little babies. And, then, and very, very different from the book, because in the book, they kind of all depart at different times. It's not like they're yeah. all leaving at the same time. But I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't mad about it. I liked I liked that I final was scene cute. with the trio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the only thing that I was I'm not super upset about this, but it, they definitely don't look as haggard in the show as they <laughs> should. I feel like for kids who've been yeah. like on the run and. But they shortened the timeline, remember? It hasn't been like 10 days. But they also don't have them refresh at the Lotus Hotel like they do in the books. So they should be even worse. Didn't they get rained on at some point, though? Nature's shower. I don't know. (laughs) Because in the book, when Percy shows up at the Empire State Building and goes to the front, he makes comment about how he probably looks ridiculous with like scrapes on his face and dirt and like just looking absolutely disheveled. Mm hmm. And then in the show, yeah, I was like, he looks true. great. He looks just as good as he did in the like, first episode. I was like, they both episode. look like they've showered every day. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I, I guess my only, my, like, last honorable mention is just um, now that I've finished it, I still don't understand why they changed it to that they missed the deadline. I, I, I don't oh, see. Oh, I did have a, I did have a note on why I think I could possibly see why. This was my this was my thought. I could be wrong. They didn't want to cast 
the pantheon of gods. They want to save the casting because Apollo obviously will come in in a few books and Athena will come in and Artemis will come in. And I don't think they wanted to deal with casting them yet. And they didn't want to change Why it. Why would they need to cast any of them? Because when he, them. Sh- when he shows up in the book, it's the full pantheon of gods there. Everybody's no, it's there. not. It's just that I just reread it. They're not all there. It's I did only too. Haiti. It's, it's only, I will find it right here. I swear it's all, it's all of, their, of them. It's all of their chairs, but only two people are there. And it's his dad and Zeus. Those are the oh, only gods it? actually there. And the rest of the chairs are all empty. I thought everyone was there. No, they're not. So that's why I'm saying there was no reason for them to make the deadline suddenly passed. It doesn't make it doesn't add anything. Where is it? I'm going to find it now. Um, I'm standing in a narrow stone hallway, blah, blah, blah. I passed through. OK, I climbed the main road towards the blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Room really isn't the grand of the massive columns. Twelve thrones built for beings the sides of Hades were arranged in an inverted U. The thrones were empty except uh, for okay, two at mind. the end. I was wrong. Yeah? That was my See, only thought. it was just that was Zeus my only and Poseidon. <laughs> I tried, okay? I tried to find a reason. I know, but no, they, they, it was, I don't follow that decision. It was dumb. <laughs> like, I guess they wanted the dramatic scene of, Poseidon coming and saving Percy. But I feel like they still could have done that. But I and and don't get me wrong, I do think Zeus is unreasonable, but I don't think he's so unreasonable. Like they make him seem in the movie, or in that movie, in the show, where he's like, it doesn't matter. The deadline's passed. Doesn't matter that like we have everything back and nobody actually did anything wrong. I'm gonna do the war anyway. Like that doesn't, sorry, that doesn't follow to me. As Zeus. Like, yeah, Zeus that's, is stubborn. That's pretty classical Zeus. That's, pre- that's pretty classical I Zeus. I don't, I don't think... I Zeus like, sucks. Just, Zeus is the worst. He's pretty crappy. He's, he's pretty crappy. But based on this book series, Zeus, like, yes, unreasonable, more so than some of the others. And yes, pretty arrogant. But I wouldn't say he's needlessly cruel or, like stupid <laughs> and i'm sorry like that decision to me which is just like stupidly stubborn i will say I they clearly in the show have on multiple occasions talked about how awful the gods are and how they suck essentially mm-hmm. that's like been the message and i feel like that's going they're making the change from the book series there in making the gods more like their like classical selves it's which is interesting because a lot of the show aspects I feel like have been very but then why is Poseidon suddenly down. a loving father like they've been very tuned down for children and like very like softened a lot of the rough edges mm-hmm. and so it is interesting that then they're like but the gods are the worst and they will murder you and like it's like oh okay that's a little intense but it's like who why do some of them get the get to suddenly have the benefit of the doubt and have redeeming qualities while others don't? Because yeah. in mythology, Poseidon does a bunch of stupid stuff and is not oh, always yeah. nice. And yeah, he right, also like, is. But in the book, no, he's this chill beach dude and he doesn't he would never kill somebody just because they make him mad. And he's like, it's just the vibes are just like. If some of them get redeeming qualities, they should all get redeeming qualities. Because if 
you're viewing the gods as like humans on a higher level, right? Like they have more power, they're immortal, but they're not without fault. Just like people, all people have strengths and weaknesses. All of them are going to have redeeming qualities of some kind. But no, they make it so that Zeus is just like the worst. <laughs> like it's just yeah. like, and yes, like even in the books, like you understand that, yeah, sometimes the gods are the worst, but sometimes they're not. And yeah, you're like Luke does have like a leg to stand on to an extent yeah. for being yeah. angry at the gods. They really want you to empathize to with point, Luke. <laughs> but not to the point that you want to bring back the ensla like enslavement of mortals. I'm going to talk more about that. Don't you worry. But yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. I guess that's my final. That was a pretty big honorable mention. Sorry, we took a lot of time on that. But there was a lot. <laughs> We're wrapping up the series. Um, okay. That's fine. My number one, my last thing. I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. And okay, so the fight with Ares. This is mm -hmm. a big one. And Ares is still awesome. Still think that actor nailed it. Nailed it. it. <laughs> Great acting. Really well done. And I understand they probably needed to shrink the battle a little bit for time's sake. It felt very quick. <laughs> it was a quick battle. And in the book, it honestly isn't that long. It's hard because no. there's a lot more going on in the book. Like the cops show up. Because that's one thing they never really address in the show. Like, they show how Percy's wanted. Like, Ares shows him, like, hey. never resolve And then they it. never <laughs> address it or tell you how that gets resolved. In the book, it gets mm -hmm. resolved because they blame Here. it all on Ares, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so there's no cops that show up. But I just, I felt like. Well, there's no witnesses at all. They're alone no. on this beach. They're also in Montauk. They're not in L.A. Which was fine, I understand. Oh, you know, they true. didn't want to have to deal with the plane ride. Like, they just wanted to get quicker to New York, which is fine. I didn't have any really complaints about that one. That didn't make that big of a difference. It was still on the beach, at least. Mm -hmm. But the scene in the book where Percy is, like, there and he's going to fight him. And he just goes, wave. And a wave comes. Like, it could have been, like, so epic. He really comes into his own as like a son of Poseidon in the yeah. book. And in the movie show, I keep saying movie show. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like, a. why aren't you using your water powers more often? Like, well, and it's almost the like, water the Katara, ocean, like the ocean comes to save him rather than him controlling the ocean. Yeah. Um, so it just wasn't quite as epic as the book described it as, I was really excited to see the fight. And I, it was still a cool fight. But one, it was a lot shorter. And yeah, it just didn't feel as epic of Percy really like being a boss, like coming in and being like, I have power over the water. I'm going to use it and I'm going to beat you. I will say I liked that they finally brought in as kind of like a flashback before he challenges Ares some training, training with, with Luke, Luke yes, so that you I can see some bonding there, but also like, oh, it's not that Percy is just suddenly amazing with a sword. He did train. 
beforehand. Yes. <laughs> um, but I also put in my notes, why wouldn't Percy have immediately gotten into the ocean if they're on a beach? Yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. In he's the book he does. Immediately <laughs> get in there and Ares like tries to keep him out of the water. Uh-huh. Because he knows. And <sighs> I'm even jumping back to the beginning of the fight. They have that weird conversation with his flashback with Luke about how like the gods have to follow rules and like single combat. <laughs> yeah. So he like calls him out and he's like, this is how we're going to do it. And Ares is like, OK, sure, because I have to follow rules. Whereas in the book, Ares first sends a boar to kill him. And Percy has that's when Percy goes wave and it comes and takes the pig out. And he's like, you're going to fight me like a man or what? <laughs> Like, Are you going to send another little pig thing at me? Like, yeah, like he provokes Ares into doing this. And it's just like mm -hmm. and he turns Ares own pride against him. And I feel like, again, yeah. it shows Percy's cunning, like street smart brain like, hey, at work. He's smart. Yeah. And I just think that we Strategy. didn't get that as much in the show. And so I yeah, it's so funny the way he's just like taunts him and twists Ares into fighting him and agreeing to his terms. And then he does it and he beats him through this epic battle. And then Ares is about to kill him. And Kronos stops Ares from killing Percy, which is very interesting. And again, mm -hmm. with the foreshadowing, I think like it's like they're adding foreshadowing by talking about Kronos so much because in the book, they really don't emphasize him. As much. It's a lot more subtle. And again, it's relying on the reader to be able to follow context clues and kind of draw conclusions on their own. Yeah. The show, clearly, they're trying to amp up for future seasons and get people being like, oh, and this foreshadow big that bigger prophecy that's coming. Which, yeah, is fine. But then they don't have it in this scene, which I guess maybe it'd be hard to show. But, like, I think you could have had, like, Ares about to do it and then him being like, ah, you win this time. Like, blah, 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 like, something. Or, or it getting super dark, right? Like, that's what it was. Yeah. It's like suddenly the sun was blocked out and it just got dark and cold. And I mean, you could have done it with just, like, lighting. Yeah. And, the and I changed the mood. The other thing that I thought was interesting was Ares is the one who is like, when they talk about Kronos, Ares is like, I don't know what you're talking about. What dreams? And Percy's like, I didn't talk about, I haven't even mentioned dreams. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, what? And in the show, Percy's like, I know he's been talking to you through your dreams. And then Ares is like, uh, gods don't dream. I don't know. What you're, like, it's a slight difference mm -hmm. there. But I did think that was interesting. Having Ares like get caught up on his own self. Versus Percy, like, mm -hmm. accusing him of something. Like, calling him out on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's it's hard. I think the scene overall was still pretty good. It just was missing that epic final battle vibe, I think. Because that's really what it is. Like, that is the final mm -hmm. battle of this book. 
yes, he still has to go and deliver the bolt to Zeus, but that's kind of the the wrap up. Like this is the final mm-hmm. conflict resolution. And I just think it was over I really mean, fast. But in the show, it's not the final conflict resolution, as I'm about to talk about. I, that's true. Because they true. add another battle of sorts. That's Yeah, so. I guess maybe that's why, because they wanted to put more emphasis on mm-hmm. that fight. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I will let you go into yours now. But I just wish we had gotten a bit more epic water bending Percy in a way <laughs> like yeah I nope, just, I'm with you yeah I would have liked that a bit more because they cut like all of those out in the show mm-hmm. right like in Waterland, like other than the like the times where he has to swim like actively swim in the water he doesn't do anything with water he doesn't really use any water ab- abilities and it's like why He's right there. Let him use it. Like, well, and let especially because it, it, so. it shows like at the end of the season with him coming into himself, being like, I am the son of Poseidon. Like, I'm I'm capable. Like, I know who I am now. I'm going to use mm-hmm. who I am to my advantage. Like, I'm going to make the most of this power that I have. Yeah. So. And he doesn't. So. All right. That's that's mine. Okay. So. My number one is the um, final conflict interaction with Luke and Percy. I mean, what a great note to end on, really. What a, like the yeah. end of the series, the end of our series, in it's a way. It's the end of, yeah. I'd say it's mostly an anti-grievance, honestly, because I really do like a lot of the changes they made. So I guess I'll start with, in the book, for those who haven't recently reread it, it's interesting. I guess I'd say the major... Oh, there's a lot of changes. Who am I kidding? Um, in the book, there is no sword fight. Like, yes, Percy walks... Kind of, like, walks in on um, Luke training with his new sword, Backbiter. But they... He never gets to draw his sword. There's no conflict there. Because Luke immediately summons a pit scorpion and Percy is just kind of like stuck there trying not to get stung. Like he can't really move. And Luke isn't trying to get him to come with him. Luke isn't trying to turn him. Luke straight up wants to kill him and then just dip. Yeah. Murder is really bizarre. It's really bizarre. So, and then the other big thing is Annabeth isn't there. Annabeth isn't there at all. Annabeth, Finds out later when Percy is finally healed because he does inevitably get stung by the scorpion. Um, yeah. With ambrosia and nectar and some healing from Chiron, he then tells Chiron and Annabeth what happened. And at that point, Luke is long gone. And Annabeth is upset and shocked. And she's like, he wouldn't. Well, I guess maybe he would because he's never been the same since his quest and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like. But something and and we talk about this a little bit, too, um, in our in our recap episode that will be coming out next week. But Annabeth, Annabeth's relationship with Luke in the books is a little weird. And so I'm not entirely mad that in the show they're kind of making it real obvious. Like she's an eyewitness. Like 
she knows what he did. She understands. She's not going to be as sympathetic towards him going through the show series as she was in the book where she kind of just always had like a little twinge of, well, maybe he's still, maybe we can still turn him back. Like maybe we can still save him. And, and, and I don't want to say that they should completely give up hope on Luke. Cause in a lot of ways, I feel like the show made him more relatable and more sympathetic than in the book because Luke in the end of the book is just like straight up evil. Like, holy crap. (laughs) Yes. I, that is one thing as I was reading, rereading and then watching, I was like, show Luke. It's like heartbreaking. Like he Mm -hmm. did that actor did such a good job at like being evil, but like being so sympathetic, like, and just, it's like evil. Yeah, like, just being sad and betrayed, and you're just, like, heartbroken for him, and you can, like, see the hurt on his face. Like, mm -hmm. they did a really good job with that. Compared to that book, I was like, this guy just sucks. This guy is just bad. It's the best kind of villain because, right, like, the, the best villains are villains who don't think they're the villain, right? Like, they think they're on the right side. And that's so clearly Luke in this one. Whereas Luke in the book is straight up just like, yeah, you're going to die and I want you to die. And I want all of the mortals to be enslaved and thrown back into the caves and the caverns. And the only people who will be out are those loyal to Lord Kronos. And it's just like, bruh, like, holy crap. Yeah. Night and day difference than like the Luke from the beginning of the book. Like, yeah, this came out of left field. Um, And so while I think the foreshadowing leading up to Luke's betrayal in the show isn't as well done necessarily as it is in the books, right? You don't get the warnings about the gifts. You don't get, you know, the, some of the hints and like, well, are the things helping you? Like, it's not as, it's not as apparent in the TV show. Mm -hmm. I do think this final scene between them is really good. Um, I like that there is some actual sword fighting there because it's, reluctant sword fighting on like both sides and yeah the acting in this scene was just so phenomenal from the way that both Percy sides. apologizes after yeah. he actually does something and he's like oh yeah. <laughs> like, like I didn't oh. want I don't like because he still cares about him and he's his friend and and at that point it is like oh something switched in Luke he's got that anger behind him now now he actually is trying to like kill Percy And then Annabeth is there and stops him. And then it's like, oh, Annabeth, who he really does kind of view as a sister. And he's grown up with basically the last seven years or whatever, however long it is. I can't remember. Five years. And then he vanishes. The, The only pieces of like the final scene there that I felt was missing is I don't think the significance of Backbiter was touched on. Yes. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, if you've read the books, you'll know. But for those who haven't read the books, I don't think they realize what that sword is and how it's that blending of, you know, the normal typical steel and celestial bronze. So it's a weapon that can injure both mortals and 
monsters, demigod, like, like anybody. Um, yeah. Because celestial bronze, which is what Percy's sword is made of, can't hurt people, can only hurt monsters and demigods and gods, right? Like only magical yeah. beings. So, oh my gosh, my cat is meowing so loud. You can probably hear it. Um, I can't hear anything. And so I, I feel like that could could have and probably should have been touched on a little bit more. Yeah, they, they definitely emphasize more its ability to like open portals, mm-hmm. which like is significant. But they don't I also, touch on that. Yeah, and, and that's, but it's, that's all they focus on. Like, hey, cool, yeah. look at this cool sword that can open port. It's like, no, you could have easily shown that and we would have understood that. Talk about what it's made of and the implications there, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. The only other thing kind of involved there that I didn't love was how they got them alone. Why would Luke yeah. need an excuse or a reason to, like, get Percy? Like, it could have just been, like, in the book, it's the end of summer, right? Like, the people who aren't full-time campers are all going to be leaving. Hey, let's just go for, like, one last Let's go drink hurrah, some coke. Like, one last <laughs> walk. Like, yeah, like, drinks on me kind of thing. And they go out to train because, clearly, that's what they did. Like, he didn't they didn't need, need to think excuse. it was Clarice. They didn't need to continue doing this weird Clarice thing. Yeah. I like, was so mad Clarice about that. Clarice did not need to be I was like, they, some did, they didn't need to do still. that. Didn't need to do yeah. that. And so. And I feel like it's almost more potent yeah. because it is at the end of the summer. Like, months mm-hmm. pass. And like, Percy's yeah, there's like, no time lapse. still trying to figure out, like, I feel like the the prophecy is still, I don't prophecy know about the prophecy. And it's like months pass yeah. before this happens. And I, yeah. it's and hard only- because nostalgia me came out first. And then I had mm-hmm. to like allow myself to actually watch things critically because nostalgia me was like, I remember the shock reading that first book and the scorpion mm-hmm. coming out. And it dawning and you being like, oh, my gosh, it's Luke. Ah, gah, ah. Like, I remember yeah. that experience so vividly. Like, quit. Why are you so obviously throwing out this red herring of Clarice? Like, stop. Like, it's just it's overkill. <laughs> like, but. And so when I first watched this episode and it was the sword fight, I was like, this is cool. But ah, oh, that like the scorpion thing, like and I, I think the nostalgia me wished it was like that. Mm-hmm. And then I took a moment and then I rewatched the episode with, you know, <laughs> getting through that. And I do really like it. I think that thematically it makes more sense with them having sword mm-hmm. trained before and then, you know, having a sword fight now. Like, I do think that it was a smart change. It just well, was, it was hard just, for me again, at first. So well acted. Like, it was just like the emotion. Yeah. It was heartbreaking. Was, like, palpable. Mm-hmm. It was so good. The, the facial expressions, the pain and emotion that was felt. It was so good, honestly. The only other thing I would say is in the book, Luke was obviously planning on leaving yes. at that time anyway. And he, in he the said, show, I've come to say goodbye. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm out. And in the show, it seems like an afterthought, maybe. Like he has to dip. 
where he has he has no choice. So he doesn't have his stuff. He's not packed. He's not ready to go. And I think, again, it's, you didn't have to add some weird extra excuse. It could have been more similar to the book in that way where he has his bag, but it's under the pretense of, oh, well, I've got drinks and stuff to bring with us as we go out. But then it's, hey, I'm going to try and convince you to join my cause. And if not, I'm leaving anyway kind of thing. Like, I think that yeah. still could have been included a little bit more. But all in all, I think that that scene and the emotions there and the, the character development and opportunity for Luke and his motivations and everything is it's better. I, I remember also just feeling the utter betrayal and shock reading the book for the first time. Yep. But I think it's it's almost more betray, like shocking and betrayful. That's not a word. I don't know what I what word I'm trying to say. Um in the show because he's not full-fledged just evil. Oh yeah, no. Like I said, when I rewatched it, so. it's more it affects you more because you mm -hmm. see the humanity in him still. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the book, and you're he like talks about oh, this. You know, dude. they called it the golden age and right. Well, TV show, Luke, it's dude, you are unrealistically optimistic. You have yeah. been brainwashed. You're being you, tricked. Book Luke, it's like, no, he hasn't been brainwashed. He fully wants humanity to be enslaved again. <laughs> Yeah, he's what? just psycho. So, yeah, so that's my number one. I'll I'll end it there. Shall we get into fan faux pas? <laughs> yes, because we have quite a few of those as well. Okay, I will start. We have one from Sierra on Instagram. <clears throat> she said. I have mixed feelings on the use of flashbacks on the show, especially the ones with Sally. I disliked the one where Percy wasn't interested in swimming and scared of water in an early episode. As you said before, it makes no sense as Percy is the son of Poseidon. But I kind of did like the one with Poseidon and Sally. I liked how the show explored the impact of Sally and Percy having to be separated while with all the boarding school stuff. I liked Poseidon being there for Sally because we could really see he loves her. As you've said before, it only makes sense for Poseidon to break the oath only because he loves Sally. Um, yeah. I do agree that, like, we definitely could see that what Poseidon felt for Sally and feels for Sally, like, is special. It was very real. But in the book, it's you still see that because he makes a comment about her to Percy. And I feel like that's almost more impactful. I didn't even mention that when I was talking about that. Oh, but yeah. in the book... Poseidon says to him, like, your mother is a queen among women, mm -hmm. uh, among mortals. I have not met a woman like her in over a thousand years. Right. And I think that that's almost more impactful being told to Percy versus an interaction that Percy's never a part of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry. But, yeah. but yes, you're right. It, it was a beautiful scene. And again, I'm torn about it. So, yeah. All right. Um, next um, we have a couple comments from Allie, Dumb Girl 01. So I'll kind of just read them together. So she said, the end of episode seven with Sally talking to Poseidon was awesome. We didn't really need it, but it was a great add-in and really well done. 
Also, I love that in episode eight, we see Percy and Luke bonding. So it made the betrayal so much more. Also, can we talk about that betrayal? They knocked it out of the park. The movie one just flat out sucked. Mm. Uh, This one, you could feel the hurt from Percy. I also enjoyed when he returned the bolt and his father came and surrendered right before Zeus could end Percy. Yes, there are issues like Annabeth leaving the underworld early, Annabeth Mm -hmm. being there and hearing how Luke betrayed them, starting out in the underworld with four pearls instead of three, going to the underworld through a mattress store instead of a recording studio. All things I can overlook because I kind of feel these were the best of the episodes of the season. I'm excited for season two, which they finally announced that we are getting. It's like, finally, freaking finally. Then she also said, also, as I thought more about it, I'm curious what they are planning with Annabeth being there hearing Luke's plans. Because throughout the whole series, Annabeth did fight against Luke, but you could still feel she had hope that he would come back to her side. Now that she heard firsthand of his betrayal, will she still have that hope? I'm curious to see. Yeah. It is interesting, (laughs) though, that they made Luke more sympathetic in the show, because I almost feel like Luke in the show you want to save more than Luke in the book. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, it's definitely interested to see where it'll go. Um, excited when we can finally talk about season two and when that one comes out. So, yeah. yeah. Um, we have one from Elizabeth, Sunshine on a Stormy Day. Uh, there were a lot of things I was confused about in past episodes that I feel like were solved in these episodes. The four pearls make sense. The deadline passing makes sense, etc. Do they though? Anyways, um, I absolutely love yeah, the conversation between Sally. There, <laughs> I absolutely love the conversation between Sally and Poseidon. I like seeing a more involved relationship between them and seeing just how much Poseidon loves his kid. Hades was awesome, and seeing him offer the kids sanctuary hurt so, so much knowing his storyline in future books. I think Zeus did an amazing job, and I'm so sad we won't see more from him in this role. I've been waiting for the betrayal the entire show, and I feel really satisfied with it. Charlie is doing an amazing job. I didn't think you'd give the shoes to Grover broke my heart. And Percy apologizing after hurting Luke just absolutely shattered it. I don't know how I feel about Annabeth being there for the betrayal, but I trust Rick and Becky, so I'm hoping all will be well in the end. Also, shout out to that hug at the end between the trio, because that was incredible, and they look so genuinely happy in that shot. Thank goodness we got season two confirmed, because I don't know what I would do if they hadn't renewed it. Yes. Um, I didn't even mention that line, but yeah, in the book, he only refers to Grover as that satyr. Like, there's no camaraderie or, like, affection from Luke for Grover. And yeah, in the show, it's Grover was still the satyr that helped bring him to camp, right? Like there's still that. It was his protector first, like, yeah, yeah. kind of feeling. Mm. So also, I am so, so sad about um, Zeus's actor, Lance Reddick, I think is his name, uh, passing because he was the perfect Zeus. And I'm so sad about that. I don't think I saw that. I didn't know that he had passed. Oh, you didn't see the in loving memory of at the end of the last episode? I did. I didn't make the connection of what that actor oh. was. Oh, okay. He yeah, seemed that's young. Is, yeah, it was really sad. Um, oh, that is. That is sad. Yeah, and he did. He was so phenomenal. Such a good actor. So we are mm-hmm. very no, sad. No, I think, I mean, he got the Zeus vibes really well, so... 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is sad. Yeah, but I agree. I don't know what we would have done with like if they had just cut it, ending it there, because I am so excited mm-hmm. to see what they do in the future. Yeah. Um, I just checked Facebook and there aren't Danny on Facebook. Oh, there's one more on Insta. So where? Are you you have to hit newest first, not just top comments. Why does it default to that? I know it's annoying. Where's the other one? It's by SKB Reads. Mine are in a completely different order than yours are, even when I change how it does it. Okay. So <laughs> weird. Okay. I've got it. It's, it's here now. Sorry. Okay. Not forgetting about you. Sam Barry, we got you. Um, these two episodes are my favorite. The actors playing Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades were all absolutely perfect. Hades mm-hmm. was hilarious. I seldom cahoot is my new favorite phrase. So good. <laughs> and I think these episodes made it abundantly clear how much Poseidon does care for Sally and Percy. I also thought the Luke betrayal scene was incredible and having it be a sword fight instead of a scorpion actually makes a lot of, uh, a lot more thematic sense. I also appreciated the change to having Luke be trying to recruit Percy instead of just killing him. Since Kronos yeah. knows the prophecy and how valuable a tool that makes Percy, this just works. And I think it works for Luke too, since it's clear he genuinely likes Percy. The fight with Ares was spectacular. And of course I loved the post credits scene. Um, yeah, it's weird to me in the book. That is something that I questioned immediately as well, where mm-hmm. I was like, why would Kronos stop Ares from killing Percy, but then do yeah. nothing to and interfere then, with Luke trying to kill him? I did think that was interesting. And I then thought it was funny that in the show, they cut out Kronos stopping Luke. I mean, stopping Ares, but then didn't have Luke try to kill him. I was like, it's mm-hmm. like half and half there. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah, All good, I mean, some I, good changes, some that still I bothered think, us, but a lot of good changes. <laughs> I think that episode eight was my favorite episode. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think that. Yeah. And it was it was and, mostly very good. I really didn't have much that bothered me in it. So um, and it was very well shot like that, like having the fireworks go off. And like, I thought that was a really cool way to show that scene. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm not going to say too much as far as um, like thoughts on the overall show. We are doing a recap episode next week to sum up our thoughts on this show now that we've seen the whole thing, because a lot of our thoughts in early episodes, obviously, we were like, I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know where they're going. And now we know well, now where we know we're going. <laughs> um, and uh, so we will be releasing that next week. And we have guests, three guests, which is very exciting. Um, and we'll, yes. we're actually going to announce who the guests are. I know we've been keeping you in suspense <laughs> this whole time. Um, suspense. Suspense. Yes. Do you want to say them? Do you want me to say them? Okay, sure. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, we're really excited. We obviously, it might feel a little choppy because it's not like we recorded with everybody at once. Um, we were doing um, kind of three different little segments all put together to just recap the show and get some other people's thoughts because you've, you've heard a lot of our thoughts. But um, we're excited. We will be joined by We Ship It Podcast, who is a regular around here on our show. Um, yeah. 
We're also excited to be joined by Kiwi and the Bird. We've been wanting to collaborate with them for a while, so we're glad to finally have that happen. And then uh, kind of most notably, um, we're having the newest Olympian join us. And he is his podcast is specifically all things Percy Jackson. So really excited um, to have him on and have you guys hear kind of his thoughts and um, his perspective there, especially because he has done some interviews with people who worked on the show. So yeah. really unique and interesting perspective. Yeah, we're really excited and looking forward to what you guys have to say and your thoughts after listening to that kind of final recap at the end there. So, yeah. So that's what week. we have coming up next week. And uh, we'll be able to talk about kind of the show more as a whole. It's going to be a bit of a longer episode, but we will have um, timestamps if you want to like jump to certain people's thoughts um, mm -hmm. as well. So look forward to that. I will say it is kind of a lot of obviously we still interject our thoughts and things, but a lot of it is we're trying to get other people's perspectives and ask for their opinions and things because um, we have given a lot. again. We just had four um, episodes of us blabbing about our yeah. opinions. <laughs> so um, obviously we're, we're, we ask all of them whether they think the book is better or not. I think it is still fitting for us to answer the age old question now now that yes. we have finished the series, watched all eight episodes, reread the book again, age old question of was the book better? I still think the book's better. <laughs> I still think that the book is better. Yes, but it's but the show was after, very good after episode eight. They're closer, it's closer. Mm -hmm. There was a bigger gap last episode, especially because we know I did not like episode six yeah, after <laughs> episode five and six. I was really like, what's happening? It was a big gap. These Seven episodes really, really brought it. it back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a closer gap, but I do still enjoy the book more. I this is a book I will reread time and time again. I already have read yeah. it. It's like so many times and I will again because it's just such a good book. But I will also watch this show again, which mm -hmm. is not always the case. We have covered many movies where I go, well, never watching that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So we'll rewatch. Excited to rewatch. Excited for the next season. Uh, excited for the possibilities for kind of the direction they are going to take some of these relationships and the character arcs. So yeah, should be good. And yes, last episode we recorded before season two had actually officially been announced. So now yeah, we were just hoping that it was. So we're excited to hear it actually finally, has been renewed. Yeah, <laughs> But I do hope so, that they uh, hoping, get on it pretty quick because yeah. they are aging rapidly. Yeah, if they say it's not going to come out until like 2025, I'm going to be like, okay, that's too Well, long. it probably like, won't. It, pro it won't come out probably until next year. It'll film this year, no, but it won't come out until next year. That's just, that's such a long time between seasons. 
especially a show if that they're not renewing in between that. Yeah. And should be having minimum of five seasons, right? Yeah. Waiting until you're completely done and completely released before even starting to film the next. Like these no, kids Disney are going to be in their twenties. These kids are going to be in their twenties when you're trying to film them at 15, 16 years old. Like it's Walker just turned 15 and they so. look it. like it's crazy. Yeah. If you watch like their um, like tour for like the their marketing, interviews. Yeah. Their interviews and everything. They tour. already look yeah. so much older. Yeah. yeah, the press junket. That's what I was looking for. Those That was the terminology mm-hmm. in my head. Um, so, so hopefully older, so. Disney just bucks up and renews them for multiple seasons and they can just get filming already because this is driving me nuts. Yeah. And but I get a lot excited goes into the show. But let's get going. So. Harry Potter, they filmed pretty quickly back to back. Very rapidly. Because they were of ages. And not TV shows. But, but still. I also hope season two will be a little bit longer. More episodes hoping for ten episodes. Hoping, I'm really 10, hoping for 12? ten episodes. Twelve would be great. I'd take twelve. <laughs> I'd be happy with ten. So ten would also be good. Yeah, more than eight. Oh. Uh, but I am excited for the future of this, and obviously, when season two eventually comes out, I'm sure we will cover it again. So mm-hmm. we at least have that to look forward to. In the meantime, we'll have our recap episode next week. And then the week after that, we'll be diving into Stardust, which is another nostalgia filled movie. Uh, Neither of us Mm -hmm. has read the book, though. So Mm -mm. it'll be very interesting. Love the movie. Have seen the movie a lot. Yeah. But it's a Neil Gaiman book and you just can't go wrong. Is it Gaiman? He's he's good. I don't know. I've said Rick Riordan's name wrong my entire life, so... (laughs) So is he. He admitted to saying his own name wrong. It's fine. Did he? What a weirdo. Okay. (laughs) I guess Rihanna did that, too. She, like, let everybody call her Rihanna for the longest time, and then finally was like, it's actually Rihanna. (laughs) Like, oh, why didn't you say something earlier? (laughs) Like, yeah. Anyway, yep, excited for that. Um, if you want to submit your thoughts, comment, get on the, in on the discussion with us, you can always do that over on our social medias at TBWB podcast or email us at TBWB podcast at gmail.com. And if you like our show, you like what we're doing, we would also always appreciate reviews and ratings on whatever platform you listen on. That definitely helps us. So Otherwise, thanks for listening, and we hope you have a great week. And don't forget to read.